0: Uh, to begin with, I don't normally do this. I don't normally compare services, but I have to tell you I'm a little bit more disappointed in this service than in the first service, okay? Just gonna let you know this right up front. Uh, there are far less, I don't see any Leaf jerseys in this service. So I, I just like, I, I, I don't know maybe where you're at with that or, or whatever, okay? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean like for sure today is the day to wear a Leaf jersey, not after their first game, right? That would be true. You might not be into hockey. I, I'm not actually, Um, I'm not really into hockey at all, Uh, but do you wanna know who is? Like our oldest son, Hudson, and he's like a die-hard Leaf fan and only the way a 13-year-old boy can be, if you know what I mean. He has not been through all the ups and downs, he's like, dad, they're gonna win it for sure. (laughs) Yeah, buddy, for sure, That's what I say, because I'm a good parent, right? That's what I say, so uh, yeah, so. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this sermon, but that's where we're starting. Okay. Uh, so if you're just joining with us, we're in the midst of a series called Spring Cleaning, and the idea is really simple. What if we look to clean up our lives a little bit? That in the same way that we would actually clean up maybe our houses, our yards, especially as, you know, spring is hopefully now here. This last week was a little bit weird with that, right? But where we might open up our windows, change tires, whatever it might be, we do some tidying and some decluttering in our lives. We're just taking that concept and wanting to apply it to actually these four different areas that are part of your life. So what we've really been looking at is how do we kind of clean up and tidy up and organize our relationships, We're going to talk about our mental health. We're going to talk also about our finances. And then lastly, also about our spirituality. Because if we get better in all four of those areas, your life would be better, my life would be better, and all the lives around us would be better. Amen? Right? Like, that's what we want to take a look at. How do we improve our relationships, our mental health, our spirituality, our connection with God, and our finances? And so today, we want to continue on really looking at our relationships. Last week, I gave you an incredibly difficult challenge, and I said that if you do this, it'll make your relationships better. And it was quite hard and simple and straightforward. I told you to get along with people. Amen? <laughs> to get along with people. Anybody find that at all difficult this last week? Right? And if you didn't find it difficult... It may be because you didn't interact with anyone. Maybe that's the reason for that, okay? (laughs) Okay, But agreeableness, kindness, compassion, this will make your relationships better. Today, we want to take a look at another trait, that if you combine agreeableness, compassion, kindness with this trait, it will make your relationships better, it will make your marriages better, it'll make you have a better and stronger career, actually. There are tons of psychological research that show this, that really what you need to have, if you want to have healthy, whole relationships, is both agreeableness and also something called responsibility. That if you have both of those two things, Agreeableness, kindness, compassion, and like responsibility or like inner strength and doing the right things. If you have both of those two things, that is like the sweet spot for relationships. When you're kind and open and caring, and yet you actually do the things that you should be doing, right? That is, Brene Brown puts it, and this is really what we're going to be taking a look at today. We want to talk about how you have like a strong back and a soft front, Okay. That's kind of her language, meaning that we need a strong back in our relationships, meaning like inner strength, resiliency, integrity, doing the right things. But then we also need a soft front, meaning like kindness, compassion, right, agreeableness. That what you likely know is that the best people in your life probably have both of these two things. right? They're kind and open, but they also do the right things. So this is what we want to explore here today, how we might have kind of a strong back and a soft front because this will make all of your relationships better. It really will. I think what you know is that likely, if you have any good relationships, they do these two things, right? They're the people we want to be friends with or have in our, I don't know, our classes or in our office spaces or whatever are people who don't shirk their responsibilities but do the right stuff and are also caring while they do it. But here's the problem, I think. I think that our culture has a tendency to downplay or dismiss responsibility. I think this is really prevalent in our culture right now, that our culture has this habit of downplaying, dismissing, or minimizing responsibility. That it sometimes kind of feels like nobody is responsible for anything anymore, it's always somebody else's problem. That's something I think we're seeing in our culture. Ben Gibbard is the lead singer and the writer of lyrics for Death Cab for Cutie, who is one of my favorite bands. Um, And he sings this in his latest album, actually. He sings this. No one seems interested in fixing the pieces that they've broken. They just sweep them into the bushes and slip away. I think that's how our culture functions. Nobody seems really interested in fixing the pieces that they've broken. They just sweep them into the bushes and slip away. I want to give you an example of this. I'll give you an example of this. That happened, like, just this week. This week on Monday, I was helping out my daughter's class. They were going to the Kiwanis um, Aquatic Center to learn to swim. They have, like, a swim to survive program. And so I was just, like, one of the, the male chaperones for this. And as I'm, like, leaving the Kiwanis thing, what I realize is that somebody has hit my car with their car door, like, in a massive way. Like, I mean, the dent was at least this big on our car. So much so that it was, like, the, their car door must have been wedged in it, because I couldn't open our passenger door without it like having problems, right? And so Eden, our eight-year-old, do you know what her response is when she sees this? And she's eight. She says to me, Dad, they didn't leave a note, right? Because they didn't, they had just literally drove off. This told me two things. One, that our world struggles with responsibility, okay? Second thing it told me is that Krista has evidently hit another car while Eden has been a part of it. That's also... <laughs> Because it it didn't happen with me, so I'm like, how does our daughter know this? This is exactly it. So that also occurred to me in that moment, right? (laughs) She's not even hearing this because she's doing coffee right now. So (laughs) You can all mention this to her later if you'd like. That's fine. Okay. All right. I bring this up, though. (laughs) Sorry. I bring this up because I think Ben Gibbard is right. Ben Giver's right when he sings, no one seems interested in fixing the pieces they broke in. They just sweep them into the, into the bushes and slip away or drive away or whatever, right? So what I want to talk about today, here's my big idea. Here's my radical idea for all of us today, okay? It's that responsibility matters, responsibility takes work, and it makes your relationships better, okay? Responsibility matters, responsibility takes work, and it makes your relationships better, And so today what I want to do, like last week, I want to define what we're talking about with responsibility, that strong back, kind of soft front stuff, and then I want to take a look at it biblically, but most of all, I really do want to explore it, like, practically. How can we live this out? Because as I shared last week, the real depth of this sermon and of this series isn't so much just in what we hear, it's what we put into practice, it's when we live it out that we'll really experience that. So I want to first define responsibility and what we're talking about, Okay. So Merriam-Webster defines responsibility as this. It's the state or fact of being responsible, answerable, or accountable for something within one's power, control, or management. And that last part is really, really key. That's about being accountable for something that's within your power, control, or management. Right? It's about stuff that we can actually control. And this is just true. You cannot control someone else's reactions. You cannot control someone else's behaviors. You're not responsible for other people. You're responsible for your self, for yourself, right? And so what being a responsible person means that you take responsibility for your actions. And I've tried to think about how can we describe this better than just like Mirren Webster. Well, I found something on the internet, which means it must be true, I guess. I didn't check, but I also don't really care. So, um, I wanna read to you something that, while scrolling, I found. You're not gonna be able to read it from there. Um, But it talks about, it's from a fire service, apparently, or maybe not. And it talks about that there are three kinds of people. And I think that this gives us a description, and I'll read it for you, of what responsibility looks like, that strong back, that being accountable kind of thing. Says this, that the fire service has three types of people, owners, renters, and squatters. Owners are invested in everything that happens. If there's an issue, they solve it or work to correct it. They cannot ignore or pass off problems to someone else. That's what we're talking about. That's kind of responsibility, right? They say renters have little investment. They occupy space but only fix things that are easy or important to them. Personally, everything else they pass off to the owner. They say squatters have really no investment, they occupy space, and ultimately create more work for the renters and the owners. What I really want to talk about is that idea of being an owner, of being invested in things, that owners are invested in what happens. If there's an issue, they solve it or work to correct it. They cannot ignore or pass off problems to anyone else. You see, when I'm talking about responsibility, I'm not talking about perfect people. There are none, right? So responsible people will make mistakes. Responsible people may hit car doors, right? That may happen. What responsible people do, like apparently my wife, is like leave a note or take ownership, right? That's what they do, right? They don't pretend as if they aren't perfect. What they do is they just own their own stuff. And so today I want to talk about how do we grow in responsibility. But here's the problem with it here's the problem with it, is that irresponsibility, like the absence of it, irresponsibility is really easy to see in other people, it is really tough to see in yourself. It is really easy to see in other people, it's really tough to see in yourself. That today, I bet you, I could ask any one of you, who are the top three irresponsible people in your life? And you could give me an answer like that, right? You'd be like, my neighbor, my coworker, my boss, my mother-in-law, whatever it might be. right? Like You could name that, I bet. But often what happens is, when we're irresponsible, we don't see it. We don't notice it. But the problem with irresponsibility is this. It drives relationships apart. It creates wedges and resentment, that if we aren't doing the right things, it will create fractures and hurt in relationship. Let me give you some ideas of why this happens, some practical kind of examples, okay? And hopefully none of these hit too close to home for anyone, okay? So first, let's say you have teenagers in your home, okay? Let's say you have teenagers, right? And let's say they leave their clothes around all over the place. These are totally hypothetical things that may happen in relationships, right? So let's say you have teenagers who leave their clothes all over the place. This may frustrate you because it's an act of irresponsibility. It may frustrate you not just because you want to clean home, but the real reason that this might create some wedges. The real reason is because what you are actually experiencing is that they are making more work for you and not noticing it or appreciating it or considering it. That's why irresponsibility drives wedges. Or to give you another example of it, let's say maybe you work in like retail or at like a a fast food place or a restaurant or something, and let's say that you have a coworker who never shows up on time. This probably bothers you not just because they are late, but because they are taking all of their work and putting it on you without asking. That somebody somebody always has to pick up the broken pieces when there is irresponsibility. This is why it starts to create rifts in relationships. Or let's say you're maybe in school. And teachers, why, why do we do this? I mean, I'm not a teacher, so I guess I can't say, but let's say you have a group work project, which are the worst, always. Like, why group work? And let's say, let's say, in the middle of this group work project, you have somebody who does nothing on your team. It's not just that they don't do anything that bothers you. This also happens also in workplaces, right? It's not just that they, what they don't do that bothers you. It's that you have to pick up their slack, and they don't even see it or notice it. This is why it is really dangerous to have irresponsibility in our relationships because it's going to leave an impact, it's going to leave damage and it's going to create distance. But as I said, as I said, the problem isn't in seeing it in other people, the problem is in noticing it in ourselves. Problems is noticing it ourselves. So what I want to do today is I want to define this um, and show you biblically. What I really want to explore is how can we root out irresponsibility? How can we get rid of it? Because honestly, if you get rid of it, your relationships will be better, right? So today I want to take a look at how do you root out irresponsibility and grow in doing the right stuff so that we all might be kind of like that strong back, soft front person where we're kind and we're agreeable, but we also have integrity. We also do the right things and we stand up for the right things. So I want to give you kind of a biblical overview of responsibility. I'm going to share with you a few verses, and then we're going to dive deeply into one story here together. So first, I want to give you a little overview of what the Bible says about responsibility. You read this. Okay. Galatians 6 verse 5. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Anyone want to say amen to that? Amen. Huh? This, is, this is what we're called to do. We're each responsible for our own conduct. You're not responsible for someone else. You're also not responsible for their reactions. You are responsible for you, right? We're talking about what's in the sphere of your control. We're each responsible for our own conduct. Um, And that we're actually gonna be, the Bible will speak about this, we're actually going to be held accountable to our own conduct, right? So in 1 Corinthians 3, verse eight, we read this. And the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. There's gonna be some um, measurement of things. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, we read this. It's a little bit clearer. For we all must stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because as Galatians teaches us, we're all responsible for our own conduct. And that's actually going to be held accountable for that. Okay? Um, or in 1 Timothy 1, verse 7, we read this. Listen to what happens when you come to know Jesus. Listen to what happens when you get filled with Christ. Listen to what happens about how your life changes. Paul puts it this way, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love, and what does it say? Self-discipline, right? That's doing the right things, right? Right? He gets rid of fear and timidity, and instead, then what do we do? Look, that's that strong back, soft front, right? That we would have love, like love, a part of us, that we would have strength, that's that power and also self-discipline, that both of those things would be a part of our lives, right? Um, Or lastly, I'll just read this, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. What the Bible talks about is that we should have faithfulness and obedience and discipline or responsibility. It makes your relationships better, it makes mine, because when people own their things, actually things are healthier, right? And irresponsibility causes damage. So what I want to do then today, I want to explore one story here today. And this story is going to help us, because as I said, it's really hard to see when we're irresponsible, Right? We have a lot of reasons for why we don't do the right things, right? We sometimes really struggle with seeing it within ourselves. So what I want to take a look at then today is one story that will really help us to see irresponsibility. It's going to give us three signals or signs of things to pay attention for in your relationships, in your mind, in your uh, different spaces, and in yourself. Okay? And it's in Genesis 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 3. We're going to kind of work this through here this morning, looking really for signs of your responsibility that we can root out of our lives to do a little bit of spring cleaning with us. So we read this, okay? And this is a a very famous story, and it's also a well-known story in many ways. Read this. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the animals. This is verse 1. Of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat uh, the fruit uh, from any of the trees in the garden? Well, we don't have time to kind of get into this today. Notice with me that one of the tactics of the enemy is to confuse what God has made clear. Okay, To confuse what God has made clear. Because God did not, uh, you'll, you'll see this in just a second. It says this, of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or touch it. If you do, you will die. That's actually not what God has said, if you go back into the, the chapter 2. God said you may not eat it, not that if you touch it or brush against it, you will die. Now there's confusion that's going on. That's what the enemy does. He confuses the clarity that God gives, okay? So we read this. The serpent says this. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced, and she saw the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her, right? She wants something good, but the enemy's going to distort that good thing. That's what's going on there, right? The desire for wisdom is good, but how she's going to get it, not good, right? So we read this. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, there are lots of illusions and allegories and like rabbit trails and things I would love to dive into in this passage. This passage is incredibly complex, but I really want to focus in on the next bit, and we're going to read it through that lens of responsibility and accountability. Strong back, soft front kind of idea. Okay? So we read this. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking among, uh, about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied. I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose uh, fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. And then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied, that's why I ate it. And here, if we read this through that lens of accountability and responsibility and ownership and all of that, I think we can notice three things to pay attention for. Three things to get rid of in our lives if we want to have better relationships, okay? All related to responsibility. They are hiding, blaming, and a lack of owning, Hiding, blaming, and a lack of owning. I want to show you from the text. The first thing that we see is really that hiding is almost always a sign of irresponsibility. That if you're hiding something, it generally means there's something you need to own or to deal with or to step up into. Okay? Look at what we read. We read this. Um, So the man, once they know that God's around, it says this. So the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Look at their very first reaction. What's the text say? It says, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. They hid, they hid. Rather than stepping up and owning something, rather than taking responsibility or ownership or accountability, they hide. Now I know, I know there are people who are like, the Bible's archaic and is irrelevant to our lives or whatever, I don't think they're reading the right book in the right way, to be honest, because this is absolutely relevant and happens all the time. This happens all the time. It almost happens even naturally. I'll give you an example of this. Um, so. Uh, When, this is kind of funny, uh, I plan my sermons far out in advance, okay? I'm going to share a story about when I did something wrong as a child. My mom happens to be here today along with my stepdad, so, I mean, here you go, mom. Yeah. Um, So, growing up, my mom and dad uh, did not have a terrible, a lot of rules in our house, okay? It was actually a very graceful house. It was wonderful. One of the rules, though, that they did have was that we were not allowed to play mini sticks in the kitchen, Okay? The main reason for this was there were three boys, and we tended to break everything to begin with. Okay? So they said, like, literally, you can play mini sticks anywhere else but the kitchen. The problem was, is that whoever designed the kitchen clearly designed it to be the best place to play mini sticks in the house. (laughs) It was, like, unquestionably awesome. Just where the counter was and the doorway was, it made, like, the perfect frame for goals. Like, it was awesome. So one day, when Mom and Dad weren't there, Me and my brother, Phil, were playing mini sticks in the kitchen. Like, exactly like we're not supposed to, like Adam and Eve. And I distinctly remember this. I think it was pretty much, I'm pretty sure it was me. I took a big shot from the point, and, like, my brother, Phil, he blocked it, and it went off. And you know that moment where almost, like, time kind of stands still? Because it went directly towards this, like, porcelain little figurine that was in the kitchen, okay? Like, one of those, like, precious little moments thingies. okay? I'm pretty sure it was actually, like, Mary, the mother of Jesus... I'm not like I'm not making this up, right? And this shot, I, again, like you can't quite make this stuff up. Literally took Mary's head clean off to just gone, gone, gone. Now, as luck would have it, or we felt it was God's favor upon us, which was untrue. Okay, it took the head clean off, but the head was still there. It, was, it wasn't broken or anything. So do you want to know what my brother and I did without speaking? Like, we didn't say to each other, I wonder what we should do with this. I wonder how we should handle this. Without speaking, one of us picked up the body, one of us picked up the head, and we took it to a cabinet that was all glass with all the nice stuff, and we put Mary in the very back of it and gently put the head back on top. <laughs> what? What? No, we were we were like 11. We weren't thinking about gluing it. No, I did not glue it. We just put it back on there and said nothing for over a decade is what we did. Like like my mom's finding out about it now. Like this is like like um what's, what's going on? Like like seriously. Seriously. I don't think we realized this cuz it was in the back of it until mom and dad were moving and then they go to move it and like the head falls off. So I of course go to like mom or my brother Phil we're like, way to break Mary, mom?" Like like, like that's what we that's what we do. Um we're we're going to talk about blaming next, but, like, literally, like, that's, that's what happened, right? Um, like, we didn't really step up into it. We hide things. We hide things. That's what Adam and Eve do. It's almost natural, right? You're like, if we can just hide things. I don't know, maybe you smash a car door and you just drive off or whatever, right? Or as Ben Gibbard sings, nobody seems interested in fixing the broken pieces anymore that they've created. They just slip away and drive off. We hide from it. We're not accountable. So my first kind of idea for you is that if you want to grow in responsibility, you need to root out hiding. It's a sign of it. You need to root out hiding. Okay? Second thing, blaming. Blaming is also a sign of irresponsibility. Blaming is also a sign that you need to step into something. Blaming is also a sign you need to own and to deal with something. And we see this in the passage. God comes up and he asks them, like, have you eaten the fruit? And the man replies, it was the woman uh, you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And the serpent deceived me, she's replied. That's why I ate it. We see blame on both their behalves. And I want to begin with Adam's response. Because Adam here in this moment, he is the worst, okay? Like, just seriously, he is the absolute worst. What's his response first, right? Uh, uh, it's, it's the wife that you gave me, God. Like, uh, right? He instantly, rather than owning anything, throws his brand new wife, like, under the bus. Right? Like, that's... That's what he does. He's like, it was she. She gave it to me. I didn't really even want it, God. Like, I wasn't looking for it, but she gave it to me, so I ate it. Along with that, God, now that we're talking, listen. this is kind of what he's doing. Now that we're talking, actually, you're also kind of at fault, God. Because look at what he says. It's the woman. What does he say? You gave me. Right? He's like, God, this is really your fault. I didn't ask for her. I mean, so you two should probably work it out somehow. Like, I'll just stand over here. She gave it to me. You gave me to her. Like, all I know is that I'm not at fault, Right? That's what's going on here. It's awful, isn't it? It's also true. Like, we do this stuff all the time. We do this stuff all the time. He blames and he blames and he blames. And honestly, in like nine words, he manages to blame everyone on the planet at that time. Right? But himself, right? It's like, I don't know, it's everybody else's problem. Like, that's what he, that's what he does, that's what he does. Eve, Eve isn't much better, right? She blames the serpent. And people have been blaming each other ever since. What I want to suggest to you is that blaming is a sign of irresponsibility. If you want to grow and be more responsible and having better relationships, blaming needs to go. It needs to be rooted out. It needs to go. It needs to go. Third thing I think we see is an utter lack of accountability or ownership or actually uh, doing anything kind of right in this passage. Notice with me, God says, Have you eaten from the, the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Now imagine... Like, so it just imagine, like a counter-narrative. Imagine if Adam had actually taken responsibility, and maybe instead he steps up and he says, I did, I did what was wrong, actually. I trusted in the serpent, I wanted wisdom, and I trusted in the serpent over you. I'm incredibly sorry, what do I need to do to repair this mistake that I've made? Imagine how things might have been different. Now there's always consequences to sin, you don't ever get away from that, right? But what every parent knows, really, What every parent knows is that it is better for someone to step up into something and to own something than to hide it or to blame it or to be like, I'm not at fault for it. That we see an utter lack of ownership and accountability on both Adam and Eve's behalf. So what does this mean for us here today? Well today, here's kind of the recap. Here's what I want us to kind of get out of this, that responsibility matters, okay? It matters in the little things like car doors and maybe merry figurines, okay? matters in the little things and in the big things. Right? And that irresponsibility, if you have it, it will drive your relationships apart. And the other problem is, is that it's really hard to see in yourself. So this story gives us three signals or signs of irresponsibility. Three signals or signs of things that we need to be pay attention to and also to root out, right? Blaming, hiding, and a lack of owning. Now, if you want to have a better relationships all around you, pay attention to those things, get rid of those things, and your relationships will be better. And you know this. And you know this because what you know is that you hope that people would live this way as well, with a lack of blaming, with a lack of hiding, and with more ownership. So today, what is my main point? It's really simple. It's that what I want to really suggest to you go to the wisdom of the story is to take responsibility in your life by rooting out hiding, blaming, and a lack of owning. Take responsibility in your life by, hiding, uh, by rooting out hiding, blaming, and a lack of owning. What does this mean practically? Because as I said, we want to be practical with this series. And the real practical bits will be actually right after I start, stop talking, right? I mean, we try to live this out. Well, today I want to give you a few ideas for how to live this out, okay? The first is just this. I want to invite you really clearly. I want to be really clear with this. I want to invite you to look inward, not outward, okay, first. To look inward, not outward. That I think with sermons like this, sometimes it is really easy to think of, like, you know who needs to hear this is my mother-in-law. Let me text it to them right now, Right? or like some employee, or my kid, or whatever, that it's really easy to think about how other people need to follow through on this rather than why we need to follow through on this. But I want to be clear. We start with us. Responsibility is about what we can own, not other people's behavior, not other people's actions. It's about us. And in fact, Jesus makes this very clear where he says this. He says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? He says, deal with your stuff first. Deal with your stuff first. So I want to invite you just to deal with your stuff first. And here's how you can do that. And again, this is not from a perspective of guilt or anything like that. The perspective on this is that if we get rid of this junk, your life will be better and the lives around you will be better. So we should do this, okay? That's the perspective. It's not about guilt. It's more of reflection and how can we actually follow life in a more human, faithful, godly way, actually. Because as you become more human, you become more godly. That's actually a different sermon, but that's absolutely true. Jesus is fully human and fully God, right? The problem is, is that we actually don't live into our full humanity. That's the real problem. So how do we do this? How do we do this? I want to invite you to think through just three questions today, just for some reflection. Just for some reflection. Is there anything you are hiding in your life that you need to own? Is there any blaming in your life that you need to kind of get rid of? And lastly, where do you need to take ownership in your life? The first thing I want to invite you just to consider, is there anything you're hiding that honestly you know you need to deal with? That honestly you know you just need to take some ownership with and to take some action with? I'll give you some examples of what it might be, but it could be anything, right? Maybe you're hiding texts, receipts, things in your closet or in your home. Maybe friendships you don't want people to know about. Maybe it's your browsing history or debt or bills or behaviors. If there are things that you're hiding, here's what's going to happen. They will come out and they will cause damage. So let's start to deal with it now. It would have been much better if I had just named to the fact to my mom that we had broke that figurine rather than 10 years later being like, yeah, that kind of happened, right? And that's a small, silly example but those things compound. So is there anything that you're hiding that you need to deal with, okay? Second thing, second thing. Have you been blaming at all when you need to really be owning something? Have you been blaming at all when you need to really be owning something? Because I think it's really easy for us to start to blame our stuff on other people. So are you blaming your kids for your outbursts and your reactions? Are you blaming maybe your boss for some things that are happening at work? Or are you blaming your spouse for your bad mood or whatever it might be? I want to invite you just to notice this at all. So blaming, just so we're clear, is really when we assign responsibility to someone wrongly. I also want to be clear that there are bad bosses, there are bad people and toxic people, and we need boundaries and all of that. Today, we're not talking about other people, we're just talking about what's in our control, right? And it's about when we, what we need to get rid of is when we blame our behavior or choices on other people. So it's about really just looking inward about what can we control. Is there anything that we're hiding? Is there anything we're blaming? Last thing is just this. Is there anything we need to own in a relationship? Is there anything that we're not owning, that we're kind of like outsourcing to other people, right? That we're just really not even paying attention to. Maybe maybe you haven't been making some relationships a priority, as you should. Maybe you've been taking someone for granted a little bit. I just want to invite you just to consider that. Is there any aspect of your relationships that you just maybe need to own in a better way? And again, it's not taking ownership for someone else's behavior. It's just us and our behavior. We're looking inward and inviting Jesus just to speak to us so that we might have healthier and better relationships. The point isn't guilt, the point is growth, right? We want to have that strong back and soft front. That's what I want to invite you to do today. So what's my main point this morning? It's really simple. It's to take responsibility in your life by rooting out hiding, blaming, and a lack of owning. So does anyone want to guess what my challenge is for this week? Be responsible, that's my challenge. Just be responsible. Be responsible in your parenting, in your workplaces, with your friendships, with your kids, with your parents, with people. Just be responsible because it will make them better. It will. And what I know is that if you're sitting with anyone today, you hope they take this sermon seriously, right? So we should too, right? Personally, let's just take it seriously. And let's take it seriously and all the big and the little things, whether you break a porcelain figurine, you smash a car door or whatever you might do, let's just be responsible because it makes the world a better place. and It's what we want to see and it's what will help us. So that's my challenge for each of us this week. Let's examine our lives. If there are any spaces where we're hiding, blaming, and not owning, and just take some action and just take some steps of responsibility. And if you do these two things, of being agreeable and responsible, honestly, it will help everything because it does. These are the kind of people that we love to have in our lives, so these are also the kind of people we should seek to be with our lives. So with that, would you join with me in prayer here this morning? God, I pray. I pray for each and every one of us. Might we learn, Lord, to be more responsible in the right areas? God, if there are things that we need to take ownership for, might we do that? God, if there are also things that we are taking ownership for that we shouldn't, would we be able to leave those behind and to say, no, I am just in control of myself and my reactions and my behaviors? I pray, Lord, would you help us with this? Help you discern the right things to do? I I also ask, God, if there are things that we have been hiding or blaming or not owning, I pray would you give us the courage and the strength to deal with those. I pray you would give us grace as we seek to try to work through those. I pray you give us courage to maybe even name those to safe and trusted people so that we might see more health, more wholeness, even more holiness in our lives. So I pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. So to close this morning, I want to invite you to stand, if you are able to, for a closing simple benediction for us here today. And I'm just going to read to you Galatians 6, verse 5 again. Just to remind us that we're responsible for our stuff. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. So might you live responsibly, might you do the right things uh, this week, and might you see your relationships hopefully grow and better and deepen. As always, if you have any need whatsoever, there are people in our prayer room off to my left. Uh, if you're new, go to anybody in the blue shirts to kind of talk to you about joining and moving forward and connecting with our church. If you want to give, you can go to the give well. If you want to talk to my wife about car doors, she's at coffee. So there you go. That's, uh, that's about all of that. As always, grace and peace. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.